0: Welcome to Oma Lord, Chicago history you never learned in school. I am joined by Hugh Yemen today. How are you? Good. How are you? I am good. I'm good. I just got home from a breakfast with a former professor of mine and um, recording with you. I've mapped out what I'm going to do for the first quarter for episodes, so it's all pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, did you see the Newsom-DeSantis debate with the poop map?
1: Map. I guess I didn't because that phrase does not ring any bells, and I'm sure that it would if I had seen any anything about it.
0: So what happened was Newsom was talking about something, and DeSantis had a map where people defecate in San Francisco.
2: They have
1: a map where people, you mean like illicit, defecation, not
2: all defecation.
0: I don't, yes, illicit defecation, like outdoor defecation.
2: Okay, okay, yeah, okay. okay.
0: And that's there's a reason why I'm asking this because today we're going to talk about an earlier iteration of bathroom panic. What do you know about toilets? Um,
1: virtually nothing. I do remember that new. New York has had an on-again, off-again relationship with them because I do remember being surprised the first time I saw one in New York. And if I'm remembering correctly, it wasn't the first time they had attempted it. So it's been like it's come in waves in New York City. But I don't know about Chicago.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to – you're going to learn about it. It's actually funny. I was walking down the street today and had to go to the bathroom and there, it was hard to find a bathroom in Chicago. I was lucky enough that I just wanted to loom on yeah. that is, hey, can I just use your bathroom? But it was just like, look, I'm like, cause I now know a little bit more about public potties in Chicago than I ever wanted to know.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: So it was funny. I told my trainer about this and he had a lot of questions and I'm not gonna get into like the whole history of paid toilets throughout the world. They date back to the Roman empire. Uh, yeah, they date back to the Roman Empire. I this will be in the show notes. It saw a resurgence, or uh, they were made popular in Europe. I think by in London with an early iteration of what eventually became a World's Fair. By the 1970s, they were pretty common in America's large cities. Allegedly, Walt Disney pioneered the pay potty in a cafe in the 1930s.
1: Huh? In a cafe at a Disney property, or no? 30s? He wasn't that big then. So where was it? It was in LA. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, and and that is allegedly. There's not a, a fact on it. Now, okay. I found an article in the AP describing it as such. For readers under the age of 50, thousands of public restrooms across the country had locking mechanisms on stall doors that reco- that required a dime or more to open. If you didn't have any money or the right change, you were out of luck and had to make a degrading crawl under the door. Yeah, and one thing to point out here is in Europe, at least at this time, my understanding is they had bathroom attendants, so you would pay the bathroom attendant. There was some wiggle room. They could have some mercy on somebody, but not in Chicago. We went straight up automated shitting.
1: From what I know about human beings, it doesn't matter how little something costs Just the idea of evading any sort of monetary penalty whatsoever will induce people to do literally anything. So I would bet good money that everyone was just doing the humiliating crawl.
0: I bet a bunch of people are doing the humiliating crawl. It's much like when you take public transportation, there are people always jumping the turnstile.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Now... In 1968, Saul Alinsky and the Woodlawn Organization, otherwise known as T.W.O., planned a shit in at O'Hare. <laughs>
1: okay, what did they call it? Did they? They didn't call it that, did they? No, they called it a shit in.
0: Really? Really?
1: Oh, that's amazing.
0: I found a blog called Strong Language, which is written by a Wall Street Journal linguist (sighs) named Ben Zimmer. And Alinsky, he tells a story in his 1971 book, Rules for Radicals, and then a year later in a Playboy article. And I couldn't find the Playboy article, but Zimmer provides this quote from the Playboy article. It's long, but I'm going to. Let it go for its entirety because it's just brilliant. Some of our people went out to the airport and made a comprehensive intelligence study of how many sit-down pay toilets and stand-up urinals there were in the whole of O'Hare complex and how many men and women we'd need for the country's first shit-in. It turned out we'd require about 2,500 people, which was no problem for two. For the sit-down toilets, our people would just put in their dimes and prepare to wait it out. We arranged for them to bring box lunches and reading material along... Oh, my God. (laughs) ...to pass the time.
1: Okay, I need to stop you because I'm so curious as to how the mechanics... Of the organization happened because this was prior to the advent of like fashionable hyperlocal publishing, such as zines, right? But people were already doing a lot of mimeographed stuff, passing around the paper version of memes by this time. So I assume like the printing was no problem. They just passed it out by hand.
0: I would imagine they passed it out by hand and it was a community organization, so grassroots. Okay. Okay. Woodlawn is a neighborhood. He goes on to say, what were desperate passengers going to do? Knock the cubicle door down and demand evidence of legitimate occupancy? This meant that the ladies' lavatories could be completely occupied. In the men's, we'd take care of the pay toilets and then have floating groups moving from one urinal to another, positioning themselves four or five deep. And standing there for five minutes before being relieved by a co- co-conspirator, at which time they would pass on to another restroom. Once again, what's some poor sap at the end of the line going to say, hey, pal, you're taking too long to piss? Okay. Alinsky went on to say, now imagine for a second that catastrophic consequences of this tactic, constipated and bladder bloated passengers would mill about the corridors in anguish and desperation, longing for a place to relieve themselves. O'Hare would become a shambles. You can imagine the national and international ridicule and laughter the story would create it would probably make the front page of the london times and who would be more mortified than mayor daly
1: ooh okay oh my god this is fascinating because it intersects with so many so many issues of class and wealth and stuff like that because i've experienced this in a new york starbucks where i i was in line at the bathroom And the line is just building up and building up over, like, 15 minutes. And I'm not one to knock because I'm pretty sympathetic to that sort of thing. But, like, people around me were knocking. And after 15 minutes, the Starbucks barista actually brought a cop in and opened the door. And it was a person experiencing homelessness, changing their clothes, bathing, whatever. Right. And the cop got them out of there. So it's, I don't want to laugh too hard at this because... There's so much involved in that, and I don't want to. I don't want to be insensitive.
0: No, and we're we'll, we're gonna get there on, yeah. on on the modern impact that this has. Yeah, you know, and it's hilarious at the same time. It's oh, really yeah. smart. Yeah, I yeah, mean, absolutely. And Olinsky yeah. ends it saying there were warm handshakes all around. The city lived <gasps> up to its word, and that was the end of our shitting. So it never really oh, happened. Man. Okay. Uh, An important thing to know about Mayor Daly that I talk about is, particularly the first one, he was ultra-paranoid about Chicago having a bad reputation. He was all
1: about his image.
0: He was all about his image. He wouldn't let people film here because he was afraid they were going to rely on the gangster trope.
1: Yeah, and I recall that the thing that really got him upset in a way that broke character was somebody talking shit about him in the local media, right?
0: That yeah, that's yeah. He was not he, he was very so this would have been disastrous for him. And and yes. O'Hare was his baby. So around the same time as the planned shit in, the, the Gessel family took a road trip. So this is an Ohio family. They're taking a road trip along the Pennsylvania Turnpike when two teenage brothers, Ira and Michael, were confronted by a locked stall at a Howard Johnson. Ooh, okay. Howard Johnson? At a Howard Johnson on the Pennsylvania uh, Turnpike. okay. They returned to Ohio and told their friends, Steve Frocklin or Freiken and Natalie Precker, and from there, and they're these they're in high school. Ira wrote an article urging people to insist Congress adopt legislation to prohibit pay to, the pay to poop practice. Freiken okay. printed it in the Meadowdale High School student newspaper, and. Okay. Thus, they formed the Committee to End Pay Toilets in America. C-E-P-T-I-A, or Septia.
1: Septia. Were they going for a play on the word septic?
0: I I think so.
1: Yeah.
0: Because we'll talk about some of the word (laughs) plays they did. In 1969, In California, an assemblywoman named March Fongu smashed a toilet bowl that had chains coming out of it on the steps of the Capitol legislature. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and and she tried to get it through. They wouldn't adopt it, but she wanted to end pay toilets in California. I want to give everyone a little bit of credit for their role and how it happened, but back to Septia. They had a logo, which was a fist clasping chains that was rising from a toilet bowl. Oh, my God. I
1: came so close to spitting my teeth.
0: Oh, good. I'm so glad we almost got Oh, my take. God.
1: That was so close. <laughs> I actually put my head over the sink there just out of safety. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. They had such a sense of humor about this stuff back then.
0: They had a theme song titled Ballad of the Pay Toilet. Mm -hmm. Which included the lyric, I reached in my pocket to search for a dime, but nature was calling. I hadn't much time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Their first meeting was at a downtown Dayton library. And it was attended by 29 people where they read a poem called Ode to Pay Toilet. Mm -hmm. And they charge 25 cents a year for membership.
1: This all sounds so familiar to me. Growing up in the 70s, like this, the tinge of humor sounds, chef's kiss, like that's my childhood right there.
0: Yeah. And this is from the AP. Flush (laughs) with gutsy ideas, they published The Free Toilet Paper, and produced how-to guides for anti-pay potty activists, wrote letters to newspaper editors, contacted elected officials, and created the Thomas Crapper Memorial Award, named after the flush toilet inventor. Wow. Now, these kids are brainiacs. So they graduate from high school and eventually their chapters started at Kent State, Johns Hopkins, U Chicago, Harvard, and elsewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And as you can imagine, they craft more buzz than Tim Scott's presidential campaign.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: If you're listening in the future, you might think Tim Scott ran for president, or maybe even who is Tim Scott? exactly exactly there's a article in the pacific standard titled why don't we have pay toilets in america and in it they say the debate around pay toilets began to resemble contemporary american politics filled with hyperbole hyperbole and categorical declarations well septia and co claimed fee free bathrooms as a basic human right opponents clung to their right to do whatever the heck they wanted with their toilets quote right. if a man ain't got a dime in his pocket he shouldn't be using my restroom a west mm-hmm. baltimore gas station owner told the state legislative committee in 1970 yeah. he went on I, to dec- what i knew that would be stage one now not knowing the slightest
1: about how this plays out. I'm going to make a prediction right now based on my knowledge of history. Mm -hmm. The pay toilet side didn't get too much public traction until they used a strategy based on fear of contamination and disease. In other words, if we don't let people use toilets freely, then we're opening ourselves up to disease. I'm just going to throw that out there and then listen to you and see how right I am.
0: All right, we'll go with that. Now, so we've got that prediction. All right, the Baltimore gas station guy, quote, this is from Pacific Standard, he went on to declare that getting rid of pay toilets would be, quote, the biggest mistake ever in Maryland, end quote. Chicago store owners called charging for toilets a, quote unquote, constitutional right. So, Step Tia pointed out that At the time, pay toilets were generating $30 million annually, which is, as of yesterday, $262,652,212 by today's standards.
1: I had no idea it was that (laughs) big.
0: Yes. And as our protagonists, accumulated authority, and elected officials introduced bills, Nicolauk, the manufacturer Nickelock, Nickelock, N-I-C, dash O dash Lock, uh, because it was made out of nickel. Oh, 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 okay. They have to defend their product, so Big Bolt catches a considerable cut of the income, and they contend that their mechanisms, quote, discourage drug addicts, homosexuals, muggers, oh, and just plain course. hippies from haunting oh, public okay. rooms. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Public bathroom, public bathroom fear mongering as an American tradition. I also love just plain hippies. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. My father, let me tell you about my father. The stories that have come out in the last, oh, five years or so about how the Nixon administration just straight up explicitly was trying to tie pot and black people and socialism and communism and violence and everything into one big ball of fear and paranoia. My father was right in the demographic of people who swallowed that bullshit hook, line and sinker. He was definitely afraid that somebody on pot was going to (laughs) break in to his house and steal his guns. Okay, so I'm right there with you.
0: And then it gets into how like the how do you tell a hippie from someone who just is Bohemian? Yeah. 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 It, but Septia, they didn't get caught caught up in the culture war and they just concentrated on bathrooms and access as a human right. Yeah. And the president of the Chicago chapter told the Chicago Tribune, as young people become increasingly disenchanted with nihilism and grandiose but ineffectual or destruct- destructive schemes, they should be encouraged to deal with each problem separately and modestly as the only way to, quote, serve the people, end quote, and improve our way of life. Mm-hmm. They just stayed on message. Okay. Then Nicolak released a pamphlet called Why Pay Toilets? So it's a pro-pay toilet pamphlet. That's a mouthful. Called Why Pay Toilets? So Septia countered with one asking, why not pay toilets? Going so far as to say quote, pay toilets foster public dishonesty and disrespect for authority due to the widespread circumvention of the lock fee.
1: Disrespect for, wow, that's an angle that I would not have thought of. They were really crappy.
0: They were wholesome. They were honest. And this is why I'm saying they were smart. Yes. Yeah. In addition to pu- punishing poor people, which we already talked about, this impacted women because urinals were free. Oh, okay. This is clearly. Oh
1: my God. Oh my God. Is this where the whole thing about women using the men's bathrooms came from? I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. Because so I remember that was a thing in the seventies.
0: It might have been because, but the year but I don't think a woman could use a urinal.
1: I don't know. What I mean is, there was a whole thing in the seventies about like, oh, those annoying broads—they're like women's rights activists are going to go into the men's bathrooms. That's that right. could
0: be because it was—it did become. We'll get there on. Yeah. How that became a talking point. In. January of 1973, Saptia held a press conference in Chicago attended by four newspapers, two television stations, three wire services, and several radio stations. Uh-huh. Other publications suggested that it was attended by far more media outlets, but I'm just going to go with the the lowest because if it's higher, then it's higher. <laughs> Uh-huh. I don't want to make it sound more grandiose. So I would. Right. Press. Yeah. From the Pacific Standard. Pay toilets loom in the dusty quarters of our nation's bus and train stations, Michael Gessel told the assembled press. They await the unwary traveler in the shiny restrooms of our airport. They find victims in shopping malls, restaurants, hotels, department stores, and laundromats. Wherever man goes, the specter of the pay toilet is sure to appear.
1: The specter of the pay toilet. Wow, I'm really getting my head around that image.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, Prec- Preckler explained, I'm quoting again from Pacific Standard. Pre- Preckler explained four methods of thwarting pay toilet locks. The American crawl in which the urgent victim crawls under a stall door. A New York Mm -hmm. state senator would later admit to contemplating this from time to time.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: The doorman where one individual sacrifices his or her dime and then holds the door open for others. Sure. Stick it, which involves placing a piece of invisible tape over the locking mechanism so that it can't engage. and the stuff where some unused toilet paper is lodged into the locking mechanism so a few weeks later Chicago became the first city to ban paid toilets in all three airports wow okay and in March Chicago March of 1973 became the first city to ban them outright. Mayor. It seems
1: so weird that I didn't know about this. It seems like a big municipal brouhaha that I'm really surprised because I have visited Chicago many times and gotten plenty of tours from people. I'm really surprised. I haven't heard about this.
0: I didn't hear about it until I was doing some, I was just looking at something I'm like I've got to look into this pay toilet thing. Mayor Dealey said he did it for women's lib
2: Ah, good hook
0: somebody pointed out it's also an easy legislative win no one's going to get mad at you for making toilets free Uh, other cities and soon states followed suit and because they were not grifters the group outlived their usefulness and disbanded Okay. By the time at their height, I think they had eighteen hundred members. The impact was enormous. Now, in some ways, it had a negative impact because there aren't as many public bathrooms. Right. Hence my Lou Melnati's thing today, (laughs) and you can get into the pros and cons of that and that said i have not specifically seen anyone shitting in the streets which isn't to say it doesn't happen
1: yeah i've i've seen people peeing in the streets in new york but i don't think i've ever seen seen anybody shitting
0: i've seen people I, i've peed in the streets i grew up in michigan <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, yeah And I do know that where I work downtown, the Jewels, Starbucks and Walgreens, offer bathrooms to the public. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about with the homeless guy. Yeah. I probably wouldn't. I've used the Starbucks bathroom, but I probably wouldn't use the Jewel. I know the Jewel, they have to change the code every day. And you have to get a code, which. Yeah. And. I read an article, and this is in Block Club Chicago, which was then DNA Info. Freiken, because they talked, they interviewed him in 2016 about mm-hmm. what people protesting could learn from how they did things, mm-hmm. and Freiken said. The Chicago effort was successful because his group found an ally in Ald Seymour Simon, 40th, who the Tribune reported had been, quote, fighting renewal of Nicolauk leases by the council for years. Oh. Shout out to Seymour Simon. Uh-huh. I He was the company I worked for. He was our lawyer, and he uh-huh. literally got me out of a lease for ice cream. Real, Whoa. real, real mensch of a guy, went on to be an Illinois Supreme Court justice, mm-hmm. uh, made Daily Mad. Mm-hmm. He was really a man of integrity. Okay, and- so I need to
1: – I want to understand this law better because uh, I don't really understand how the rubber hit the road in terms of enforcement. Did they simply make that particular mechanism illegal or did they make the act of making non-patrons pay to use the bathroom
0: illegal. They made the act of, I think they made the act of making non-patrons pay to use the bathroom illegal. Okay. That's something i I didn't confirm, but there was something alluded to that one of the kids, probably Franken's kid, because he went to university of Chicago, went to the Chipotle and they're like, you have, you have to buy something. He's like, no, I don't. They definitely made pay toilets illegal because the, the toilets were basically Union Station, where the trains were, probably where the parks were, because that's where a lot of the public toilets aren't. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I found this medium piece, which... Asserts that the Pacific Standard is wrong to the point where the guy who wrote it emailed the Pacific Standard saying that it was actually a list Elinsky's shit in in 1968 and the okay. toilet hammering that resulted in the 73 ban. But looking at the timeline, I disagree. OK, because. Alinsky was in '68. I don't think Mayor Daley cared about a woman hammering a toilet in California. Um, um, Nikolak, by the way, was litigious, and they sued both Chicago and New York. I'm not gonna. I'm just mentioning that as a a side note. So this brings us up to DeSantis and his poop propaganda.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) Are you kidding me? Freaking, this is going to DeSantis? Oh, for fuck's sake. No, I'm just bringing up DeSantis because he held up the poop about San Francisco. Oh, okay, okay. That poop map. I have read the pros and cons of paying to pee. The number one pro is that it would be more public bathrooms. Okay. And I read a Bloomberg piece about it. I'll I'll include in the, or maybe it was economic times. I read a piece that will will include in the show notes about how it even impacts what jobs women can pursue because we go to the bathroom more. Like there's less cab drivers. And in fact, I was reminded of an undercover boss where the guy who owned waste management. Yeah. And he wasn't like aware of how it impacts garbage truck drivers oh yeah there's a lot of things you don't think of it's particularly if you're like a and that goes into there's no place to pee no place for them to go to the bathroom and also when you get into productivity which is a whole mm-hmm. different story that you know like the amazon they have to pee in a bottle because
1: here's the thing i'm On one level, I'm mildly surprised when you tell me all those ancillary things that got touched upon once they started scraping the paint off. But on the other hand, I'm absolutely not surprised that I'm surprised because I know enough about municipal infrastructure to know that's the whole thing over the last century and a half. Anything from fire control and response infrastructure to the width of streets to anything else you could name – has undergone so many layers of wrangling by the city council and with outside influences and everything that today we are just there's so many layers of stuff that went on that we don't know about that. We, that's the whole thing. We don't.
3: I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis. So I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere. You know, the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes, like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com/talktous. talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think about
0: it. We don't think about it. And The Bloomberg article talks about ways to implement paid toilets again. Um, And they talked about a way to implement it while making it accessible to the unhoused, saying, and I quote, and recognizing sanitation as a fundamental right, much can be done to make paid toilets accessible to people who are homeless or in poverty. Fees should be capped and token schemes, which already exist for food and other services, could be introduced. Getting tokens into the hands of people who need them is unlikely to be as challenging as it has been to persuade cities to invest in facilities that generate no revenue.
1: Okay, now we're touching on exactly what I've been wondering this whole time, because in my head, it's a simple equation. If you're not going to push it off on the businesses, which it sounds like they mostly did, then you have to, any solution has to include, okay, the city has to pay for public toilets. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they were so unwilling to do that that now they're coming up with this alternate plan just in order to not have to do that.
0: And I guess they had <clears throat> they closed a lot of them just because they were dirty. Cause yeah, here's the thing with the token. It only works if people know how to get the tokens. And I mean, I recently learned that there are people that don't brush their teeth every day. So I mm-hmm. doubt people understand how to obtain their free bathroom tokens. And I'm going to point to this because this is – I, I love when it hits me in, like, journalism. Even, it's it's so arrogant and so elitist. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like you've never dealt with an unhoused person. Yeah. I mean, you could also just create public bathrooms and have the people you already employ clean them up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds to me like that's the obvious solution, but for whatever reason, the optics just were uh,
2: untouchable.
0: Yeah. And the article tried to offer this nonsensical word salad saying cities that are serious about equity and inclusion can and should increase the ratio of women's to men's facilities in restrooms, provide free menstrual products, which are as necessary to sanitation for people who need them as the toilet paper already provided for free and okay. consider many compelling arguments for gender neutral restrooms. These steps would do more for quote unquote, potty parity than eliminating pay toilets has accomplished, mm-hmm. which is just a word salad. Like it's like a sentence, like we're, we're going to get in, we're going to get in uh, equity and inclusion. We're going to talk about, uh, Menstrual products. It's just, I'm, I'm checking all the boxes. That's how that paragraph lands to me.
1: Yeah. Potty parody is cute, but the fact that they quoted it almost sounds like they're, they knew they were, they were overdoing that sentence a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And the, the primary issue of pay to potty isn't the ratio of men to women facilities, but rather class. Yeah. They, it's much like Big Bolt. They are commingling a lot of issues. As a woman, I support additional stalls. I support free menstruation products and gender neutral yeah. bathrooms. But none of that has anything to do with having to pay a quarter to go to the bathroom. And right. While it appeals, it makes appeals, none of it makes sense.
1: What's interesting, this reminds me a little bit of how people nowadays in 2023 are looking back, and a lot of people are saying that it was a mistake to say that, what was the Lady Lady Gaga song, Born This Way? Like yeah. the Born This Way movement was a mistake because that was off the mark. Like attaching the morality of it to whether or not you were born this way means that you're not addressing the real issue with it, it, which is that you're not hurting anyone. Being gay, if so what if being gay was a choice? You're not hurting anyone. In the same manner, like in the short term, uh, attaching it to the women's rights movement may have been efficacious, but it might have been kicking the can down the road.
0: Right, because it's not dealing with fundamentally the class and sexism. I'm not going to say that there wasn't a sexism issue. I don't think it was like... Blatant, sound. like I don't think anybody. I think people just didn't think about women going to the bathroom in the 1970s. <laughs> yeah. Um. Can't get which makes the DNA. Block Club Chicago article relevant because Freiken said this, we talk to aldermen and you can just walk in and talk to these people, Freiken said. I'm sure that's not a widespread piece of information. If you talk to your alderman, it magnifies your voice. I guess I'd say that's what I learned. It was a learning process to find out how to do politics. And I think what we're seeing now is people have no idea how to do politics in a way that will actually make a difference.
1: Yeah. And I feel like Chicago is, unless I just completely missed out on this subculture when I lived in Brooklyn, Chicago is just a different animal than New York City in that regard. Because every time I've been in Chicago... I have seen my wife's dad, for instance, stopping on the street and talking to local political figures literally every time they walk a couple blocks. It's nuts. They're on, they've always lived on the south side. First, they lived just north of the university on 53rd. And then Grace's parents moved over to right next to the water, but still right near 53rd, just a block or two south. cornell acres whatever one of those high rises up by the water anyway it doesn't matter they go out the door they start walking they're running into local political figures and they're having extended conversations with them so they're all part of that network and i never saw that sort of thing in new york
0: chicago and and a, a friend of mine did some research we discussed this on last week's episode the only city that is close to how Chicago operates is London. There's not another city in Mm -hmm. the United States of America that operates that way. So we have 50 aldermen, which is our city Mm -hmm. council people. That's New York doesn't even have that many. And for a really long time, aldermen were mini mayors. They are who you called to get your trash picked up.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So they are way more accessible than... In other cities I think but it but what it was is it didn't enact change and you can call you can call your representatives local politics local politics is really important but also I saw people on the internet like they were protesting outside of Hakeem Jeffries' house for a ceasefire Hakeem Jeffries isn't in charge of that he has no no bearing on that that's when I say. We're not as smart as we were about politics. Oh, okay, okay. In a way that actually shows a commitment to getting something done.
1: Right. See, I'm not necessarily claiming that what I saw had a tremendous impact, but I feel like at least people were much more engaged than I was used to in New York.
0: That could be. That that could be. Like there are. I'm much more engaged now here than I was even when I lived here before. We're going to go back to the poop map. Okay. We, do, we do have a problem with public urination and from what I understand in some cities, defecation, which is not a red or blue rule or urban issue, but rather, and you already said it, an infrastructure breakdown.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: If you want clean cities, you have to let people go to the bathroom
0: in 2021. Alderman Daniel LaSpada proposed taking the revenue that was made from the company that buses are or puts ads by the bus stops, okay, and having them run public toilets. I couldn't find that they were paid, but we'll get to that. But yeah. I found a piece from Northwestern University in written in 2023 titled Chicago Considers Installing Public Restrooms with the Revenue from a Company that Manages Bus Stops. Okay. And then I found an article from home of the Chicago School of Economics, University of Chicago Booth School, titled, Why We Should Free the Market for Public Toilets, colon, America's dearth of public restrooms reveals a regulatory failure. Okay. I'm going to read a little bit because no amount of paraphrasing can, well, do justice to the words of John H. Cochran. Are you Aye. ready? Oh yeah. For context, this was written in 2021. Feel free no. to jump in at any point. I will also insert my own opinions, but he starts. Okay. He, I started with the quote: "Fast forward, and we have a resurgence of medieval diseases that come from people relieving themselves afresco." Okay. I'm not aware of medieval diseases, but maybe it's just because there's a lot of idiots who aren't vaccinated. <laughs> okay. Again, again, not not saying that it's good to good to go outside. I did a Google search, and I found the following. Many of the affected countries are also reported higher case fatality ratios than in previous years. In 2021, the average cholera case fatality ratioed 1.9% globally and 2.9% in Africa, well above the less than 1% deemed acceptable. The global case fatality ratio was below 0.5% in 2018 and 2019. So Mm -hmm. there is a rise, but it's globally. I'd not well, heard of a huge breakout of cholera, which, would, by the way, cholera would be the the impact the issue. Because I remember
1: in college, then I don't even remember what class it was, but it was something to do with the hideous effects of E. coli and how important it was to manage that.
0: And Chicago, one of the reasons we reversed our rivers because we had a huge amount of people dying from water related diseases. I, I just think he's being a little hyperbolic there. But back to mm-hmm. the booth, back to the booth plot. You might ask, what about people who can't afford to pay? One of the top 10 principles of economics is don't silence prices in order to transfer incomes. That dictum is particularly salient here because we're literally talking about quarters. Let's add, especially to transfer ludicrously small amounts of income. Is it really wise to silence the incentive to create, provide, and maintain clean, safe toilets in order to transfer a few dollars of income to the less fortunate?
1: He's using a hell of a lot of words to say,
0: Ah, slippery snow. huh Like he's making it sound like free toilets is socialism. Yeah. It's worse
1: to take a few pennies away from rich people than it is to give a
0: few pennies to poor people. Yeah. I just wrote asshole. Now he goes on to say, maybe you say. But look how well requiring toilets to be free has worked out. Before, a person experiencing homelessness had to beg for a nickel to use a toilet. Now, there are no toilets. They are worse off than if we had pay toilets and them no money. And really, does the government have to interfere in a business's desire to provide a clean restroom and make a little money? And your and my desire to pay a small fee to relieve a bursting bladder because of the problem of transferring a few dollars income. I don't know about you, but I don't have any desire to pay to relieve my bursting bladder.
1: It really doesn't make any sense. I I literally couldn't even follow the logic of that sentence.
0: Basically, people were better off when they had a bag to get their nickel to go to the bathroom than they are now.
1: By what metric? I don't even really understand the assertion that he's making. I think it really sounds like he's pulling it out of his ass because it doesn't sound like substantiated at all.
0: No, it's not. There's no, it, this is his feels. This is the yep. Chicago School yep. of Economic Feels. And he feels yep. that they don't have, that they're worse off because they don't have, they, they were better off when they had to bag for a nickel and then pay to use the toilet because now they don't have any toilet to go in.
1: And where and all of us who have money are happy to pay for the toilet because it means we don't have to give a nickel to anybody else.
0: And our bathrooms will be clean. Oh, uh, okay. But right. here's the thing. I, th- there's a, a place by where I work. So, like, sometimes I'll leave work and there's not a toilet and the boat has left the dock. And there's a place by where I work that I go in there enough that I just use a toilet. It's the cleanest mm-hmm. toilet that I know of. Right. This, this this is not, I know that I could go into Lumel Melnati's today, dress the way I was dressed, and they're just going to let me use the bathroom. Right. I'm gonna, I'm trying to say this as delicately as possible. It's finding a toilet to go to the bathroom. It is not a problem for people who can afford to pay to go to the toilet. Yeah.
1: Wow. This is in microcosm. It's a little like that aphorism: If you're rich, you get a ton of stuff for free i'm mangling it there's a much more elegant way of saying it you know what i mean all the stories of once you reach a certain wealth level people are just handing you shit for free because it's like a a rich boys club and they love you and they're just gonna keep showering you with free shit and you end up ironically just like not having to spend any money
0: yeah it's, it's there's a Podcast some more news with Cody Johnston. We yes. talked about how and it comes up. It's more expensive to be poor than it is to be rich. Yes, it's way more expensive. But we're gonna go back to the the, the little blog here from Booth because. Lest you think he's heartless, he goes on to say this if you really must have the transfer, the answer is simple enough. Let's add to the next stimulus bill five dollars per month for every resident of the United States to compensate them for the cost of using public toilets. Oh, you worry they'll spend that on something else. We could talk about paternalism, but let's just cut to the chase and distribute tokens or bus pass style cards.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Which fine. Okay. Yeah. Again, overlooking how people would get the cards so this is on Booth. He also has another blog about which he was less refrained on this topic, and I skimmed it, and one of the first comments bemoaned, ADA regulations make it harder to build public toilets. So pardon my language, I pieced the fuck out quicker than Scaramucci left the Trump administration. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's like when you start bemoaning ADA, it's where wow. it, now 2008, New York, under the mayorship of Michael Bloomberg, okay. established the first self-sanitizing pay toilet. Are you aware of these?
1: I never used the pay toilets, so I didn't realize they were self-sanitizing.
0: They're self-sanitizing. The 2008 one was the first of 20. And since then, only four more have been installed. (laughs) Of course. Over a decade, and they have completed five Star Trek stalls.
1: Oh, my God.
0: In 2019, the estimated cost of constructing one of these Jetson-esque Johns cost $3.6 million.
2: Okay,
1: I'm dying here. How is it that in this entire conversation, I've not heard anyone in any of these articles mention Okay, let's not reinvent the wheel. Just tell people what does it cost in terms of like overall, like what slice of the municipal taxpayer dollars dime does it cost to just have publicly funded toilets and have them cleaned? It can't be that much, right?
0: Uh, People have done it before, right? So why didn't they just? I don't get it. I don't understand. Also, and I didn't go into it too much, there's also San Francisco, and this is current, they were going to have to pay like $1.7 million for a toilet, and Newsom was like, no. <laughs> like How many bathroom cleaners could you employ for that much? So <sighs> in New York, it gets better, gets better. It's 25 cents, and yeah. each location sees 18 to 50 flushes a day. Wow. At
2: 50
0: flushes a day, that is twelve point twelve and a half dollars. And which is four thousand five hundred and sixty-two fifty each year, which is a combined twenty-two thousand eight hundred and twelve dollars and fifty cents per year. That's I don't
1: wow. How did the, the absurdity of that makes me wonder? how i didn't know more about that in 2008 because i i lived in the new york city area from 2000 until about uh 2006 but i've worked in manhattan from like 2000 up until 2014 so, it
0: come out till tw- 2019 that it cost well, I thought you 5. said 2008 months. where uh, no we, it was installed in it was installed in two thousand and eight.
1: Oh, okay, and, okay. So the monumental self cleaning costs weren't until relatively recent. Okay, yeah, or yeah. it
0: was just, okay. or it was just discovered. Like for example, yeah, San Francisco was going to spend one point seven million dollars, and no one would have been the wiser if the San All Francisco right. Chronicle hadn't broken the story. Okay, so Bloomberg could have put it in, and and then because it's it's people might be like, where's our where's the other fifteen bathrooms? Which, by the way, they're in a warehouse in Queens.
2: Yeah,
0: and then it's like in Chicago in twenty their twenty twenty three budget included two helicopters.
2: Uh huh.
0: And everyone's like, "Where are the helicopters? We don't have the." Apparently, there's a supply chain issue in helicopters, but I feel like they could have made okay. them sometime. But I just want to point out to the booth guy: the free market in New York done decided they're not paying to go to the bathroom.
1: Wow. Wow. So through all of this, my only, the only tiny little bit of my, the degree to which my prediction came true was Johnny freaking Cochran. About them using public sanitation and germs, fear of germs. Yes. That's literally the only time I heard anybody mention, I'm really surprised that, that the pay toilet contingent never used that. Because that is the first thing that came to my mind. Public sanitation well, has been such a driving force behind all municipal infrastructure developments.
0: Yeah, there there might be. I, I didn't include a lot of like the Tribune did a whole why mm-hmm. where I think that's where they're going now. I think that's why DeSantis had his poop map. Okay. Oh, I'm just going to. I know I told you it was already in Queens, but I'm just going to. Here's my line like an unflushed turd, the surviving 15 shitters sit in a Queens warehouse. Mm-hmm. Now, you might wonder why I went this route about New York, other than like the cost of how much it cost. I mean, the details of how much it cost. New York City contracted with JC DeCroix which is the, the people who run the bus stops, the bus mm-hmm. signage people, which is the same company that in the Alderman La Spada proposal. Okay. So I'm going to start paying attention because Chicagoans, this could be our next parking deal. And I'll okay. explain. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Do you know anything about the Chicago parking deal?
1: I know that it was much more of a brouhaha than I was able to readily comprehend. It so, sounded like such an unbelievable big economic deal like than that I could ever get my head around. I remember hearing about it at the time.
0: So my understanding of it is we got paid a lot of money to outsource our parking to, I yeah. want to say the companies yeah. in Dubai and it was a yeah. 75 year contract.
2: <laughs>
0: it's
1: it's 15, coming back to me now.
0: We're 15 years <laughs> in. And we're oh, not making boy. any money off of our parking anymore. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. I remember it being one of the most preposterous municipal clusterfucks I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, and I, that's why, because obviously the JC DeCroix I can't company not doing a great job in delivering the toilets in New York, and it cost three point six million dollars.
1: So, how much of this is grift? Gr- uh, I Sorry, I should say graft, not grift.
0: That, I don't know. There is a, there's a couple of things. I don't know enough about Alderman LaSpada. Oh,
2: but, okay.
0: But he's up there. And I'm going to keep an eye. I, but also, it's, it was proposed in 2021. Now, he was quoted in 2023, but I haven't heard anything about it. <laughs> and uh, with all the other things where Chicago is dealing with right now, I don't think that's the number one thing. I don't have a solution, but I don't think going full on Urinetown is the best idea.
1: <laughs> oh, town was awesome. town was so good. I have a, a story about Urinetown, actually. The guy who was, he played the main part. I ended up seeing him on the Metro North train like a year or two later. And it was one of my very few fleeting contacts with a celebrity where I was like, I'm not going to make a fool of my, myself. I'm just going to put one finger up, get his attention, say, I loved you when you're in town. And he just smiled and walked by and that was it.
0: <laughs> he is an actor and they do like validation. So that was yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it did remind me of you're in town throughout this. Do you have any last thoughts?
1: Only that I am now motivated to look into this because I am. I tend to be fascinated with some of the most boring aspects of history <laughs> for the very reason that we consider them boring. In other words, when you look at old newspapers, say from the 1850s, endless columns of reports on the Common Council and the street sprinkling and the installation of a new street lamp and stuff like that, you'll spend the first couple of years going, ha, this is so boring. I can't believe they wasted the space on this. And then you reach a point in your historical studies where you have a sort of of a cognitive inversion and you realize, oh, that was important. It was important because they absolutely would not have devoted the column space to that if they did not consider it important. Therefore, this is a learning opportunity for me because the very fact that I consider it boring means there's a lot for me to learn about that era. You see what I'm saying? Like the fact that I consider it boring is in itself an indication that it actually should be fascinating. Likewise, the whole thing about the paranoia over bad milk in the 19 teens.
0: No, but that makes sense.
1: It is so fascinating. If you look around 1911, 1913, all of a sudden there's this explosion and then by 1920-ish literally every ad in a newspaper regarding any dairy product but especially milk will mention something about it'll mention something about quality control because you can see the fear radiating from the newspapers because there were cases of food poisoning and nobody really knew where a lot of them came from some of it was due to bad dairy products but i think even the ones that weren't got blamed on that so there was this massive paranoia like why is the rural cemetery movement of the 1850s I could name a bunch more but so much of our municipal infrastructure was predicated on fear of germs regardless of how solidly that fear was based in actual science and medicine that I'm I I want to investigate this more now to see if there's that sort of intersection with the whole
0: public toilet state' How that! I'm glad to have inspired you. Where can people find you on the interwebs?
1: My podcast is a little bit stale. For instance, you might not find it if you search Spotify for historic headlines, which is my podcast. But if you can't find historic headlines in your podcast player, just go to
0: Podbean and look for it. All right. Now, listeners, I appreciate you. If you enjoyed today's show, subscribe before City Council contracts away our right to pee for free. Leave a (laughs) five-star review and tell your friends with the efficiency of Septia. Tune in next week when we dip our toes into Chicago's Vice District.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. I hope now go (laughs) take care of
2: your daughter.